Welcome to this MCA podcast. My name is Alan Lehman. The MCA's Consulting Excellence Scheme was launched in July 2016. It's based on nine core principles of ethical behaviour, client service and value and professional development. And it self-consciously aims to set a standard for UK consulting firms. Under the scheme, MCA member firms submit a declaration setting out what they do in practice to support and ally themselves with the Consulting Excellence Principles evidencing best practice in our industry. And the MCA is just about to publish a new wave of these declarations on our website. With me today to discuss the scheme and its impact are a number of leaders of our consulting firms. I'm delighted to welcome Howard Scott of PwC, who is also the MCA's president. Welcome, Howard. Uh, Kate Spaulding of Atos Consulting, Mark Palmer of OEE, Claire Kennedy from PPL and David Ferriby of Abram and Howe, and here also is the MCA's own Paul Connolly. So, folks, let's start this discussion by perhaps a quick round the table uh, for people who are perhaps new to the Consulting Excellence Scheme. Sum up for us what it means for your firm in practice and what your experience of, has been of working with it. Can we start with Mark? Yeah, of course. Thank you, uh, Alan. Good morning. For us, building confidence as we've grown as a business has been uh, essential and I think you project that confidence um, if you have uh, been through this process. For us, when we first met the uh, met you and you introduced the uh, this framework, we compared it to our own standards and were surprised with the amount of alignment of the all, but also going through the annual process of saying to you, to our company and to the wider world that this is what we're going to do and what we're going and, uh, and therefore what we're committing to uh, is a moment in time, and, and, and by doing so, you, you have to then walk the talk. Brilliant. So, let's, fair to say you're a medium-sized consulting firm or, um, in the marketplace, switching to one of the, the giants, with, um, PwC, uh, it's the same scheme. How does PwC relate to it? Yeah, thank you, Alan. I think, well, the first thing is I think it's a really important initiative. Um, as a profession, we're going through significant change, and PwC, like all big consulting firms, is looking at constantly reinventing itself and making sure it's relevant to its clients. Uh, and when I look at consulting excellence, I think it's got three main audiences. I think, firstly, it's our customers. They really understand what's important to us. I think also an important audience is our people. And us going through the process allowed us to really distill down into a single document how we're looking at delivering excellent consulting solutions to our customers. I guess the third area that's really very important is within the industry itself. So as we move forward and we transform as a, as a profession, increasing our customers want us to work with other organisations. Um, and it's the creation of that ecosystem. And being able to see other members who've embraced consulting excellence is incredibly important to understand more about them, what makes them tick, um, and how they deliver outstanding performance for their customers. Okay, from Atos Consulting, what's your experience? Uh, thank you, Alan. Good morning. Um, I think the consulting excellence is all about setting the bar. And for us, when we look through it, it's about a good checkpoint for where we really are. All of these principles are embedded in things that we do every day anyway, but it is actually thinking about how we really are propagating that through our organisation and how we are projecting the right excellence to our clients. 
and also working with some of the SMEs on the market as well. More and more our clients are expecting us to work with niche providers and smaller consultancies for very specific skills. And it's very good to understand that we are all in the same situation and we all have the same set of values and principles in everything that we actually do. Thank you. Uh, David, uh, Kate mentioned SMEs. You, you uh, convened the MCA's own SME group. How does it play out there? What's your experience of this game? Thanks, Alan. Very interesting. Uh, so yes, we, Abel and Howe, is certainly on the smaller side of the SME uh, area, but uh, I do uh, convene the, the team here, the group here, and see a lot of interest in, and um, take up of it. I guess two main things I'd want to highlight. The first is that um, firms genuinely should be in this scheme. Um, it does set a higher standard, but it sets an attainable standard. And I think the the um, effort to achieve that standard is tremendous. Uh, and so organizations should be looking at consulting excellence if they're in the consulting field and trying to figure out how can I measure myself against this? How can I deliver this to pe people in my organization? Second thing that I'd highlight that's perhaps a bit different is we're starting to find that the people we are looking to employ can use this and do use this as a way of understanding different consulting organizations. So it's a fantastic litmus test because as we know, people aren't necessarily asking just about hours and pay anymore. They want to know about lifestyle. They want to know what they're going to learn. They want to know how the organization sits on a, on a sort of scale of, of business, uh, uh, business understanding. And so consulting excellence allows them to look across a number of different uh, organizations without even necessarily going into them and compare them against each other in the way in which they support their people, which is fascinating. Fantastic. Um, Claire Kennedy, uh, PPL is a, a specialist firm, has a, has a, has a particular focus in, on, on the health sector. One of the uh, questions I suppose outsiders might have is, is consulting excellence a scheme which can embrace the wide variety of, of types of firms you see within the consulting industry? What's your experience been? I mean, for us, as, as colleagues have said, the experience has been almost entirely positive, I would say. So for us, it's been a way of both articulating what we're doing internally to our teams in, within a structure that makes sense, and as David says, that, make, that is comparable with other organisations. So both at the point of recruitment and as a way we manage and develop our teams internally, consulting excellence has given us a common framework across the sector to be able to talk about the way we do things. I think externally, it, it is very much recognised as a benchmark of quality now and as a, as a way of almost bringing together, the, as you described, the very diverse um, aspects of the consulting industry into a, sim a singular framework. So from an SME perspective, it gives us a way of talking about the way we do the work that we do and to basically set it, if you like, in a context that contains organisations that might be many, many times the size of our own, but are doing very similar work. Great. Um, well, come on. To, I mean, it's interesting. A number of you mentioned clients and the external recognition which the scheme is generating. But before that, Paul um, Connolly, uh, you've looked at the, the, the spectrum of responses to consulting excellence. One of the things I think we're most very interested in is how it can be used to identify innovation in the industry. Well, I think one of the fascinating things about the scheme is how the participants in the scheme themselves are enriching it and deepening it. This is very much uh, an industry determined to set the high bar that uh, people around the table have described, perhaps at a time when survey upon survey shows us that British business is not necessarily held in the esteem it should be. And I think that one of the things that um, the scheme is driving is a sense that uh, consulting is a place that creates value. And you mentioned innovation, Alan. There's 
I think, a very interesting and creative tension within the scheme between its fundamental high bar requirements, but also the opportunity it offers to individual firms to uh, almost differentiate themselves and use it as a differentiator. When we introduced the scheme uh, a couple of years ago, I noticed that some people who are engaging with it said, this is really interesting. It allows us to review ourselves and in some cases remind ourselves of what it is about our firm that differentiates us in this marketplace. And I think that's incredibly important that the scheme retains that flexibility as the market continues to enrich and diversify, that it must embrace uh, that diversity. I think one of the ways in which we're seeing a direct reference uh, to innovation is the way in which some of the MCA's campaigning themes have been picked up in particularly the last round of consulting excellence declarations. Last year was our year of diversity and this year is our year of disruption. And I think we're seeing conscious reference to diversity and inclusion initiatives in both uh, the ethical behaviour and in the professional development pillars of the scheme. But we're also seeing uh, increasingly a recognition that our industry has an important part to play in the technological disruption and reinvention of the shape and nature of British capitalism. We've even heard some of our member firms uh, reference themselves as active, positive, external disruptors. And I think some of the returns, particularly in the client service and value element, are making a, a, a conscious play for that position as the benign disruptors, the enthusiastic innovators for the new model of, uh, of British capitalism. Brilliant. So we've got a lot of material there, a lot of ideas. Cut to the chase. Uh, put yourself in the shoes of your clients, which I'm sure you do almost all the time, and, and give, them, give them a picture of how they can use the scheme and the information that they're getting from it and the the picture they get of your firm from your consulting excellence work. David? A good point of reference, Alan, and a, a really helpful question. There's been an allusion to uh, the reputation that our industry has uh, and some of the challenges that business has more broadly in the, in the UK. Um, and consulting excellence allows people a bit of a window into our industry um, to understand what they can and should expect. Because in spite of uh, the fact that consulting has been around for many years, people still don't understand how it works and they're concerned that if they call a consultant, they'll get a bill in the mail. Uh, and so Consulting Excellence provides that really nice opportunity for them to window shop, if you will, and understand how we stand on these three important pillars. And I think that's brilliant. Great. Okay. Um, I think there's, there's three or four things. I think our clients expect it of a consulting firm. They are expecting innovation. They are expecting new ideas every time we walk through the door. And I think there's other things they expect. They expect the ethical approach. They expect diversity to that now, more and more. It's not just the same old group thing. You have to have a diverse workforce and a diverse way of approaching your business. Clients want outcomes. For that, you have to have innovation, for that you have to have all these things, and you have to have excellent people. So actually, clients should be able to expect it from our consulting firms and our consulting approach, and it's no more than setting the bar for what we actually do as a business. I mean, I think if I think about us and how we went about putting it together, one of the things for the big firms is it's very difficult to distill into single place what you stand for as a consulting business. And I think going through the process of 
and saw the excellence, allowed us to put that into a single document in one place, very clear about our commitments to our clients, to our people, and to the wider stakeholder group. Okay. I mean, I think just again echoing what colleagues have said, I think that it, it creates a really positive conversation for clients because I think, as, as, as others have said, it can be quite a bewildering market from a client perspective. And I think it creates a set of really interesting questions that is quite legitimate to ask of a consultant provider. And I think it really puts a lot of attention on the how as well as the what. Because I think often people, from a client perspective, they know what they want doing, but actually, what makes the difference to achieving those outcomes that we've been talking about is the how. And I think consulting excellence creates a really powerful framework for the how. And do you find that it's resonating with clients? Or is it enabling you to have that conversation? I think it, um, it, it, in our case, it's really the areas that resonate with the clients. So client service and value, obviously people understanding the way that we work with them, the partnership approach that, that we take to delivering the outcomes. Ethics, obviously, is very important to how we do our work. And again, kind of the clients that we have are really interested and passionate about that as well. And in terms of the way we grow and develop staff, that's obviously really important from a client perspective as well, because what they want to know is that they're getting people who have been robustly developed and who are able to be resilient and innovative and creative in the face of really quite complex problems. Well, I think what has always been something that buyers understand. Mm. To come back on what Carol was just saying, I think the how is increasingly the source of differentiation for the more sophisticated buyers. Therefore, in a pitch situation or just in a conversation, you need to be able to explain the prospective client that your how works and that your how has some sort of kite mark. And very often, the trust me or go and take a reference piece doesn't work. And I think that this has a really important role to play in, in, in terms of providing that uh, super proof point what you the, the, the how behind your offer has integrity has a kite mark and uh, again you know the buyer will have more confidence as a result so what would your advice be to, to the client when confronted with an array of choices in the marketplace I and mean, how how can they test the value for themselves of, of consulting excellence I think that it should be an inherent part of choosing the firm um, and we should expect to put these things forward to our clients at all times and prove it because I think sometimes um, clients aren't necessarily asking those questions but actually when they hear those that framework that's what they want I think it actually um, we need to demonstrate to our clients the process of the how as you're saying so all the way through engagement we don't just start it off saying we're going to do all these amazing things we checkpoint it all the way through and we make sure we do actually deliver on the promises at the end of it and that's the sort of thing you'd be saying to your clients in terms of this is a process it's a and it's a continual improvement all the way through so a number of you mentioned uh, partnerships the ability to for yourselves to access different bits of the consulting industry um, even the word ecosystem was mentioned at one point, I think, uh, uh, term of art for us in the consulting business. Um, so, Howard, uh, as president of the MCA, you're thinking about the reputation of the industry, how the industry as a whole comes across to clients, to the general public, to government and so on. Uh, what role do you think consulting excellence can, will play in that? And what does it tell us about the industry's collective view of itself? It's a, it's a great question. So I mean, the first thing is, the consulting industry is a very broad church. And even within inside the MCA, it's a broad church. 
but as a customer buying consulting services, um, there are so many different choices out there. And I think what Consulting Excellence does, does give it a baseline to make comparisons between different organisations. Um, I also think, you know, if you look at Consulting Excellence, there's a real statement of intent about MCA members wanting to lead the way, demonstrate what high quality consulting services are. Um, and really put an additional uh, competitive tension in the market, which I think is incredibly important, whether you're a large firm or a small firm. Um, we all benefit from the competition, um, from new ways of thinking, for driving outstanding uh, consulting services to clients. So I think as an initiative, it helps to drive up the standards, both of the small firms and the big firms, and I hope the whole of the industry. Okay, let's turn our attention, we've talked about the here and now, let's turn our attention finally to the future. Um, this is an evolving scheme, it's designed to be adaptable and to make progress uh, over time. How would you like to see it uh, develop over the next two to three years? Perhaps start with you, Paul, from an EMCA perspective and then we'll quickly go around. Well, we've had a, a working group looking at consulting excellence for some time, Alan, and I think they diagnose two issues for the future development of the scheme. One is that, and they're related, one is to create perhaps some uh, additional element of independent assessment of uh, the declarations. At the moment, we have a variety of uh, declarations and they're, they're mostly characterized by a full engagement with consulting excellence's high bar and its differentiation potential, but they are of variable quality and there is even some interest in something that might be similar to the MCA's awards process in which we would get uh, industry experts to feedback their reflections on the uh, in the, on the, uh, the returns themselves, the declarations so that people can work to improve them and so that we can continue the trajectory that Howard describes of a race to the top in terms of quality there. I think the second and related thing is that that independent element might also strengthen the engagement of clients with the scheme. Plainly, this discussion has reflected how individual firms are trying to engage and are successfully engaging client communities in the evolution of consulting excellence for them. I think that's something that we as an industry need to take forward on a much more significant scale. A number of people around this table will have been involved in uh, the development of the new Crown Commercial Service framework for the public sector which I think even the Crown Commercial Service's best friends wouldn't necessarily have described as a terribly edifying process. I think if we were replaying that again now, we might be in a position with a consulting excellence scheme of two years' worth of maturity to go into the Crown Commercial Service and say, quite a lot of what you're looking for in terms of the delivery of quality, the delivery of excellence, and the delivery of those great outcomes that people want to see in consulting contained within this, this scheme. Please, if not directly recognise it, then align some of your requirements with the requirements of this scheme because we're already setting the bar high. We're setting the bar high in a way that emphasises outcomes. And I think that kind of conversation could be replicated right across the procurement community in all sorts of sectors. And uh, that's an ambition that the MCI, I think, in its, in its next strategic phase, uh, will look to take forward. Fantastic. And so, for others from, from the firm, what's your wish for the scheme for the next phase of its life? Okay. So, 
A Tadis Consultant, we do an awful lot of digital work, and this year of disruption poses the most exciting set of challenges we've actually ever had to do. And I'm thinking that I want to see it continually evolve. I want to continually see us challenge those principles and set the bar ever higher and ever better. But also introduce an element of consistency around it. Disruption is great, but we've actually got to keep focusing on the outcomes and where we're actually going with it. So I think it's going to be this ever-evolving set of principles that keeps focusing on the right things for our clients. And I think it's a journey that we're setting out on. Yes. <coughs> so don't hesitate. Do come in. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, great things come in three. So I've got three things. <laughs> so I think, first of all, the award ceremony, having just enjoyed um, the MCA award ceremony, I do wonder whether consulting excellence should be really front and centre of the whole um, evening would be the first thing because it is one of the awards at the moment and uh, if we are going to say that this is what really uh, uh, separates us um, from those people who are not members of the MC, I do wonder whether it should be front and centre and whether the trophy should be four times larger. <laughs> um, Secondly, if we think about the, the, the nine elements, it strikes me that possibly collaboration is missing. It's something which has come up uh, today and it comes up time and time again. We talk about ecosystems, we talk about the, uh, the fact that actually member firms at the MCA, although they do sometimes compete, my view is that we're better off actually collaborating in many occasions and sometimes having a dignified fight as well, but it takes a a certain maturity, I believe, in terms of how you feel about your profession and your market to be able to do that. But writing that down and agreeing what that looks like, I think, would be fantastic. Um, and thirdly, as we hopefully career towards chartered status, I do wonder whether the professional development um, architecture that we uh, could see around that and for employee development could in some way be linked as well to the uh, to new chartered award. Something like that. You yeah. stole the words. Sorry, no, no, that's fine. <coughs> happy, happy. Uh, that's your, that's that's your trio. That's brilliant. Yeah. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah. fantastic. Thank you. Don't, um, <coughs> I think what's really fascinating about it is is how it will continue to uh, grow in recognition, people's understanding of it. So what we find today, and how most exciting is it's a dynamic process. So it's not uh, a single hoop that you need to jump through a rolled up trouser leg or a secret handshake. It's it's something that you need to keep doing. Uh, and that allows you to, to demonstrate what's going on, but also to understand how other firms work. So when you look at the relationships between clients and firms, between firms and employees, between firms and partners, and all the mix of those uh, different groups, uh, consulting excellence, I think as that recognition increases, um, will continue to be tremendously important. And as Mark says, collaboration is probably one of the great new things that we're looking at, which I think is tremendously important and it affords, as luck would have it, a great opportunity to build on that. Claire. I would agree. I think that it gives us a, a really strong framework for effective collaboration across the sector because it helps us to know each other better because we're all looking at things from the same perspective. Um, and I think very much agree with the idea that as we grow and develop as firms, it provides a really interesting and exciting point of challenge on an annual basis because it's interesting to go back and look at the declaration from the previous year and to think, how can we make this even better? What can we do that goes beyond what we did last year? And I think that's really powerful and really helpful. And 
as someone who's involved in the beginning, the sort of inception of consulting excellence, I think that's probably, to my mind, one of the slightly unforeseen benefits of it. I thought it would be very, be very much a framework where people were able to describe the good work that they were doing in a way that was clearly articulable across the industry. I think the idea that it would positively drive year-on-year improvements, I think, has been an added benefit and one I'm really delighted by. Fascinating. Harold, you, well, your wish list. Yeah, I mean, I think that, how can I build on those fantastic answers? I guess the, 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 the thing that, that really strikes me is it's great because it creates robust competition. That's really important to our industry, that we, we compete against each other to provide good outcomes for our customers, but it also creates an environment in which we can collaborate. So that seems to be fantastic. And I guess the message I've got is that it started, it's gaining momentum. I think it's unstoppable. I think that the more firms involved, more customers who look at the declarations, the momentum's there. Brilliant. It is unstoppable. Uh, but before we stop, I'm just going to ask you one final question, which is sum up in one word, if you can, uh, because this is a soundbite age, what consulting excellence means and should mean for the future. And I'm going to start over here and put you on the spot first, Mark. Confidence. Collaboration. Opportunity. Innovation. Excellent. Creativity. Brilliant. So there you have it. Uh, thank you very much to everybody who's participated in this MCA podcast, to Mark Palmer, David Ferriby, Claire Kennedy, uh, Kate Spaulding, Howard Scott, and Paul Connolly. Very grateful to you all. Uh, if you want to know more about the Consulting Excellence Scheme, you can find out all about it on the MCA's website, uh, mca.org.uk. Uh, but most of all, thanks to you for listening.